0: The following is one of our seven talks from the 2023 Forge Men's Retreat on 1 Timothy 611. But you, man of God, flee from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Enjoy this talk from our North Udawah campus pastor, Randy Thomas, on godliness.
1: Let's keep moving along in our verse here. We're pursuing righteousness. We talked about the things that we're going to flee. We're pursuing righteousness. And the next word is we're going to pursue godliness. And you see there uh, on, on your field guide there, the idea that we're going to talk about here for just a few moments as I thought about the word godliness, right away my mind started asking the question: Godliness, holiness—are they the same thing? Are they? Uh, is there anything different? Is it just two interchangeable words that we use a lot of times? But are, are godliness and holiness different? They're they're very very similar, but there's a difference in them. The idea of being holy is the idea of being set apart. Uh, you're set apart when you come to faith in Christ. You're set apart from the world you're set apart to God. But the idea of godliness has to do with our actions. It has to do with our behavior. Here's a fantastic definition of godliness. It's this. It's a lifestyle that seeks to reflect the characters characteristics of God. A lifestyle that seeks to reflect the characteristics of God. Now, we're told here to pursue it. So if we're, if we're told to pursue it, that means that it's not something that comes natural to us. It's something we got to go after. We got to put our whole heart into and we got to go after. Now, here's something I want you to know and I want you to think about for just a second. A person that is godly doesn't fit in in the world that we live in. You can just go ahead and shake your head with me like this. A person that acts godly and is godly, we just don't fit in. We don't fit in at work. We don't fit in in society. We don't fit in with with what the norm is out there. Let me give you an example. For uh, five and a half years, I had the opportunity to uh, lead a ministry in Athens, Georgia to college students. Does anybody besides the two guys dressed in Georgia Bulldog stuff this morning know what is in Athens, Georgia? It's not the University of Tennessee, which I can tell you right now. The University of Georgia is located in Athens, Georgia. Now, I'm a big orange fan. I bleed orange. I love college football. I love everything to do with the University of Tennessee. My dad went there. I've been a big Tennessee fan all my life. But I lived in Athens, Georgia for five and a half years. Now, every single restaurant, everything in that town is Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, you you can't go anywhere without seeing Georgia Bulldog banners, decorations, memorabilia. It's everywhere. And there I was in that town for five and a half years as a Tennessee fan. And everywhere I went, I didn't fit in. Uh, I, I just, it, you know, I just it, when I wanted to talk about the Vols, there was nobody else in town that wanted to talk about the Vols. We had a number of uh, uh, UGA professors that went to our church, and they would call me. They had uh, they had faculty tickets, and they would say, "Hey, I can't go to the game. You want to go? You could sit with the faculty, but you can't wear anything besides Georgia stuff." Like well, I'm not wearing Georgia stuff. Uh, I just don't didn't fit in. And a person that lives godly has that same type of feeling that I had for five and a half years is, I just don't fit in. This isn't my crowd. These are my people. Nobody else here wears orange except for me. Now, godliness has to do with our actions. It's the way that we act, the way that we live our life. 2 Corinthians 7, verse number one, the apostle Paul says this, Having therefore these promises, think about that word promises. Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. In other words, Paul was saying this, because of the promises that we have in God's word, the promises that he has given us, we're to cleanse ourselves, we're to get rid of all the filthiness and we're to live a godly life. So, what are the promises that he's talking about? Well, He's talking about in the the chapter before, in 2 Corinthians, or 2 chapters before, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and verse 21, Paul gives us some incredible promises of who we are. In verse number 17 of, of, of 2 Corinthians 5, he says, therefore, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Verse 21 says, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Because of those promises, because of the things that we are, we're a new creation. We're not just fixed up, patched up sinners that that are now followers of Jesus. No, we're a new creation. We're brand new. And because of those promises, we can live differently and we can act differently. Uh, When my kids were little and I wanted them to clean their room, I would make some promises. If you'll clean your room... We'll go get ice cream. If you'll do this, then I'll do that. And my daughter, she got to the place a lot of times where she would say, Dad, do you promise? Do you promise? If, if I do this, do you promise? And I said, I promise. Because she knew a lot of times I would say, uh, we'll see. And we'll see most of the time to her, it ain't going to happen. And so she would say, make a promise, Dad. If, if I do this, if I clean my room, we're going for ice cream. And I, was like, okay, I promise. Well, what did that do? That affected her behavior. And because of the behavior, because of the promises that we have, it should affect our behavior. Now, godliness is a quality that's perfected in our our life by claiming the promises that we have of a new identity in Christ, So we get a new changed self-image, and it should change our behavior, which results in godliness. Here's what I want to do with just a few minutes that I have. I want to give you four questions that you can ask yourself of how, how am I going to pursue godliness? There's some questions to ask yourself. Here's the first one. The first question is, what preparation should I take to become godly? What, what preparation? What do I need to do to prepare myself for godliness? 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and 4 says this, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God, of our Lord, uh, of Jesus, our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we've been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these promises, we might be partakers in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. So what do I need to do? What do I have to do to prepare myself to be godly? I've written some questions to ask yourself there on the right side of your field guide, and and these go along with the preparation. You're going to ask yourself some questions and be honest with yourself. And and here's the first one. In in these specific areas of my life, where am I not experiencing godliness? The first one is my personal life. In my personal life is is who I am in secret. Who, Who am I secretly that nobody else knows about? What are those things that, 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 you know, I'm a pretty good guy to everybody else, but in secret, this is who I really am. Now, next to each one of those questions, I want you to write the word really with a question mark, okay? Really. Who am I in my personal life? Who am I in secret? Really. In my family life, what does my family know me as? Really. In my church life, what do people at church see me as? really in my business life how do i act at my job really now why do i ask you to insert the word really it's because of this if i'm going to prepare to be godly i have to be honest i gotta be honest with myself and most of the time we're the we lie to ourselves and say well you know that that one secret place is not really that big a deal What people know me at church as, that's great as long as they don't really know my secret life. And what people know me at work life, that's great as long as they don't know what I'm like at church. And and as long as these two and three and four groups of people don't ever meet each other and I can keep everybody at a distance, I'm great. But the question is, what am I like really? So what preparation is involved in becoming godly for me? Here's the second one. Am I willing to confess what God reveals in my life as not godly? Am I willing to confess what God reveals as not godly? See, don't don't go asking him, you know, God, what's not godly in my life if you're not willing to deal with it? Romans 6, verse 11 says this, So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right. So am I going to, if God reveals to me what is not godly, am I willing to even confess it? Am I willing to deal with it or is it something I'm going to hold on to? What the the answer to that has to be is I'm willing to confess it and forsake it. Not just confess it, but forsake it. Because if you're like me, there's been way too many times in my life God has revealed something in my life that was not godly. I confessed it, but I didn't forsake it. I said, God, please forgive me because I'm tired of feeling this way, but I went right back to it. So you got to confess it and forsake it. Here's the third question. Will I allow God's word to work on the weak areas of my life? Am I going to allow God's word to begin to work on those areas, those weak areas in my life? 2 Timothy 1 verse number nine says this. He saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. It says this, Have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Rather, do what? Train yourself in godliness. He uses the word train there, and I love that. If if you've ever played a sport, you understand what it means to train for something, to get ready for something. If you've ever run a marathon or if you've ever done any kind of race that you have to train for and you get ready for you don't just show up on the day of the marathon with a brand new pair of tennis shoes and some shorts that you picked up at Academy on the way there. You train for it. You get ready for it. In the same way, you have to train yourself in godliness. Pastor Tony and Travis both mentioned this, but the way that you do that is through spiritual disciplines. You have to begin to put some habits into your daily life that are going to train you for godliness. Reading God's word, prayer, scripture memorization is a great one. Psalm 119, 11 says, if you, if you hide God's word in your heart, it'll keep you from sin. With staying away from sin, that helps us live a godly life. Scripture memorization, meditation, solitude, fasting, all great spiritual disciplines. Now, let me say this just quickly and I'll give you the last question. Spiritual disciplines are, are to the Christian life what practice is to a game. okay? Spiritual disciplines aren't the, 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 the Christian life. It's getting you ready for it. It's, it's helping you to live it out. So many people think that, that, that the Christian life is just reading God's word and praying and going to church and tithing and doing all that, but they're never getting out and living it out. That's what living out godliness is. I've done these things, now I'm gonna go live them out, Here's the last question. As I strive for godliness, am I willing to be patient? Am I willing to be patient? Because godliness, Malcolm Cronk said this. He said, you can't get holy in a hurry. But I interchange I, I, uh, the word holy for godly. You can't get godly in a hurry. You got to be patient. And, and, and it's a, a journey. It's not, it's not a something I'm going to do this weekend and I'm going to go home godly. You gotta beg God, God put within me some motivation to live a godly life. So here's, here's the question. How do I know when I'm making progress? How do I know if I'm making progress to live a godly life? This is a, probably the best answer that I could give you. You're making progress in living a godly life when you begin to look like your father. Not your earthly father, but your heavenly father. You see, if if we go all the way back to the the first definition, godliness is a lifestyle that seeks to reflect the characteristics of God. What are the characteristics of God? Man, you can see a a lot of them are the fruit of the spirit. Do you see those things being magnified in your life? Are you living those things out? I'll be be 52 here in, in just a few weeks. The older I get, the more and more I look like my dad and I act like my dad and I say and I I talk like my dad. I'll never forget the first time that I went to the eye doctor and they said, you got to wear glasses. And so I take the glasses from the lady and I look into the mirror and I said to my wife, I'm my dad. I'm turning into my dad. I look like him now. I've got gray hair like him now. I'm, I'm acting and I'm saying the things and my kids now make fun of some of the things that I say that my dad used to say that i made fun of him. What happened? The older I get, the more I'm acting and looking and talking like my dad. And when you pursue a life of godliness, the way that you know you're making progress is when you begin to reflect the characteristics of your heavenly father. There's so many things in scripture that that tell us who God is, what he's like. He's love, he's patient, he's kind, he's long-suffering. Look at those fruits of the Spirit. Are are those things being reflected in my life? And if and when they are, then I know I'm making progress. So answer those questions that uh, I've got for you on the field guide. As you ask my personal life, my family life, my church life, my business life, ask yourself, really, really, who am I? And take just a second to think about that. Thank you,
0: guys. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands, and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.